The opinions and recommendations in this podcast are those of the participants and not necessarily of ausleisure.com.au. This podcast covers the subject of alcohol consumption and as such is aimed at adults, although it does not contain any subject matter that would be offensive to children. Ausleisure.com.au and all participants remind our listeners that alcohol should always be consumed responsibly. It's a fine time to have a drink. Maybe with some mates for a date sounds good now, don't you think? Forget the world, don't worry about money. Let's be pleasure seekers, honey. And let's check the grapevine for advice. Oh, yes, indeed. A frosty beverage might be what you really need. Will it be red or white? Which way to go at all looks good tonight? Let's check the grapevine for advice. Okay, welcome back to Doc's Bullwin. I'm with our resident wine guru, Greg. Morning, Greg. Uh, good morning, Richard, and uh, welcome to everyone and all the listeners. Indeed. Today, we, uh, we're going to, for episode four, we're going to be talking about global warming and the effects it has on the wine industry. Then we're going to be looking at uh, some hot winemakers and after that, our regular best buys. So um, without further ado, we'll, we'll start uh, talking to our, our guru, Greg. Uh, thanks, sir. Uh, Richard, I thought, yeah, we're, today we're, we've got to look at something that's uh, currently becoming a very big issue in the wine industry today, which is global warming. And uh, I have previously been watching TV shows and things the last few months, and we're talking, seeing a lot of the effects of global warming that are being talked about, and big companies now are talking about global warming, so it's very much a real issue that we're facing and whether who's to say who's at fault, whether it's man-made or it's a natural phenomenon or whatever, it's still very much present in the world today and something that we have to do about and something that we will have to deal in the industry with within the next few years. Mm. I think last show we were talking about vintages and how the vintages are being affected and we're, we're seeing a lot of change within the industry today uh, within actual climates of vineyards and so that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. There's something very famous that the French call terroir which is a word that describes the actual flavour of the vineyard or the character of the vineyard and it can actually go down to what's known as the microclimate of the vineyard. So you can get terroir within even certain rows because France is planted variably uh, on different bases to Australia, where Australia we have huge tracts of land and mm. blocks of land. France, they can have just a couple of rows and then somebody else can own, own the next couple of rows and someone else will own the next couple of rows and they can have a vineyard that's even diagonally facing each other and you will still get different characteristics and different flavours from those wines and this is what they describe as terroir and it's all to do with how the vineyard is managed and the the microclimate of the vineyard. This affects us in Australia in the same sort of way because we have different climates for our different areas so we have hot climates, warm climates and cool climates and each climate produces a different style of wine. So where we get somewhere like Tasmania, which is a typically cool climate, where we get more intense whites and we'll see more flavours within things like sparkling wines and Chardonnays, 
whereas within the some of the warmer climes we get more intense reds like barossas and things like that uh, so places like that will get different flavors coming through so what we have to look at now is what is going to happen in the future if our climates start to change and our cooler climates become warmer climates and our warmer climates become hotter climates yeah. what is this going to do to our vineyards and how is it going to affect our grapes and are we going to see further down the track perhaps in 10 years time places that were producing previously cool climate wines are now producing warm climate wines and we're going to get different characteristics and flavors and what is this going to do to our different industries such as the the riverina which is a warm climate area now if that becomes hot climate and we're not producing as good a quality then what do we end up with do we end up with more than just a basic cask wine so we are we going to end up with a lot of very cheap wine yeah. on the market that won't be as good a quality and then we're really going to have to search out those smaller hard to get vineyards which will become literally hard to get mm, mm. Um, one of the the interesting things i was reading about was a vineyard in england that england is not particularly well known for their their wines but there are vineyards over there and there is one vineyard over there that have been struggling for years and years to produce half a decent wine all of a sudden now they're producing a reasonable quality wine that people are starting to say this is a great drink and all due to the climate change all due to climate change yeah. so um, it is very very much a real issue nowadays and and we're not looking just on an Australian scale but a world scale because what happens is uh, if England changes and France changes and Spain and everywhere we're all over the world nationally we're going to see globally we're going to see tremendous differences in wines and uh, this will affect our our output our uh, buying and our quality at the end of the day so, uh, it certainly is an interesting uh, subject to talk about yeah so that's a um, I've really I remember back in 1975 sitting in school I'm showing my age now but um, sitting in school and we, we did a not drinking I hope. no not drinking <laughs> <laughs> we were doing a project which was how do you see the world in the year 2000 now this was 25 30 years away for us and we all thought we were flying around in spaceships by the year 2000 yeah. uh, but I remember specifically writing about pollution and what was going to be our atmosphere and how would we be living would we be living under the ocean or would we be living in some man-made bubble because of our own atmospheric conditions that we created and produced wow. and um, it's sad to say that I think that we're, we're slowly seeing these things actually come true and that very much down the future track we really have to look after what our planet has and and hope that we can survive and uh, uh, get all this global control back again for our, our kids' futures. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and uh, and particularly for the wine industry as well, because mm. uh, as I said, we're we're really looking at a an industry now that the grapes are very delicate; they get affected very easily. Yeah. And uh, who's to say what's going to happen 
in 10 years time and, and whether we're going to get good wine production and I'd hate to think that up to 2005 was our best years ever of wine mm. production and then it's all gone sour after that so so let's keep our fingers crossed we will <laughs> so you know you can imagine someone at school now you know 12 or 13 years old they they in 10 years 15 years they'll be you know maybe a brilliant winemaker yeah exactly and, yeah. and understand that the new climate changes well yeah maybe that's our next step i mean do we look at perhaps our next future venture is we go into controlled climate vineyards where they're actually done with growing grapes in tunnels, uh, hydroponics and things like that. that. Maybe that's one step again into the future. But uh, what does it produce as far as quality goes? And do we still get terroir? Do we get individual characters within wines that we can associate with and say that's the flavour that I'm looking for mm. or because I know now that myself like I love Barossa Shiraz so mm. am I going to be able to buy Barossa Shiraz in <laughs> 10 years time and still get Barossa Shiraz flavours or do I have to buy that from somewhere that's been manufactured so yeah, I understand. yeah. yeyeah. so uh, yeah very very much a real it's it's something you can sit around the dinner table and, and have and chat merrily about for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So can I just ask you who are the new winemakers emerging in the industry All right. today? Yeah, well, I think now we've um, we're also seeing a shift in the wine industry with uh, what the old school wines that used to be around. There was a lot of wines that were controlled by big companies, yeah. and I won't mention names, but everyone knows them, and. They have been around since the 80s and everyone has always bought those wines and they've always been fairly consistent. But we've seen a lot of change within wines and wineries today because of the big companies buying the wineries and taking them over and just literally keeping the name of the wine. Mm. But then they change winemakers, they change formulas. And the wine mightn't be as good anymore as it used to be, as it you know once held an icon yeah. in the industry. So I think that there's a lot more new winemakers emerging today that are coming out of the industry that are making more interesting wines, and that's certainly what we at Docs have been about is trying to source out these wines and find these yeah. these different uh, producers. And I think in previous shows I've, I've mentioned some of the the guys like Glatzer. Mm. And mm. Uh, so there's a lot, lot of these young winemakers that are coming up and coming today that I think will be the future of the industry in the next five years. And they have to be more than just winemakers. They've got to be, I suppose, chemists at heart. They oh, be. definitely. Yeah. Well, I think all winemakers are you know, chemists at the end of the day. They're, you know, they're so well, well trained and well schooled, and they know exactly what they're producing and yeah. and how they're going to get. The best flavour out of that grape, and, mm. and how they uh, achieve the end result, and uh, to get the best bottle of wine at the end of the day. So um, we have quite a few emerging from the Barossa today. There's a, a little group called the Artisans of the Barossa, mm. and uh, they've got uh, a very small select group that are just producing great Barossa wines. Uh, there's like, Toysner and Rusdens, Hobbs, um, all these guys. There's uh, other wineries like uh, Fox Gordon that we talked about with Natasha Mooney 
Um, and these are the word, the young guys that are leading the charge into the industry. So uh, over the next couple of months, we'll have a look at some of their wines and yeah. see what they're actually producing and why they're so good and, and why they make such a great drop. And they have to have the passion. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah they've, they've, they've got the passion and they're really producing the, the goods at the moment. And mm. that's why, as I've said previously, like I've, I've loved Blazer and I've loved Fox Gordon and, and now I'm starting to see the, the new hot guns like Standish and Messina, Hobbs, uh, all these guys are just producing phenomenal wines. And uh, yeah. these are the wines to watch out for in the, the up-and-coming years that especially I think next year's vintage to 2005 again we're going to see some of these wines will be really highly sought after yeah now if, if some of our listeners want to give you a call and, and have a chat about some of these wines is, is that is that doable yeah fine yeah, yeah just give us a call at the shop and uh, we've posted the number on the the site there and I'll be happy to uh, chase down some of these wines for them I'm already in the process of chasing some of these wines for myself so <laughs> you'll be sure that I'll, I'll be doing my level-headed best to get hold of all this stuff. I'm sure that's good news to all our listeners out there. Now moving on Greg to our regular section of our best buys, what, what have you got for us this episode? Yeah best buys I thought today we, we might change the formula, form, sorry the formula a little bit because uh, instead of just doing a, a white and a red I thought we might just concentrate on reds today we had a, a phenomena during the week, which was in the local newspaper, one of the wines that was written up was a $36 red called Bremerton Old Adam, which is made uh, in South Australia, Langhorn Creek. And it was written up better than, or higher, higher sorry, highly more highly rated than Grange, and Hensky Hill of Grace by James Halliday, who's one of our local icon wine writers. He gave it 97 points along with the Grange and the Hill of Grace, but the oh, price wow. difference being $500 for Hill of Grace and Grange <laughs> and $36 for Bremerton Old Adam. Uh, actually, Old Adam was written up a couple of months ago within one of the wine magazines as well, and also rated higher than Grange and Hill of Grace. So it took uh, people a little while to get onto it. We actually had some in the store. It sold out in about five minutes flat. We've had about 30,000 phone calls since then for everyone looking for it. And just to let everyone know, the 2004 vintage has sold out. Uh, my hot tip will be 2005 vintage will be better again. So that's the one to get hold of. <laughs> so that's what I'd be booking for. Um, but I thought today I'll just talk about a couple of the other wines that are available that I think are going to be really hot tips for the future that aren't terribly expensive. So um, one of the first ones that I, I wanted to talk about is actually the little the baby brother to the Bremerton Old Adam, which is called the Selkirk. And this is about $20 a bottle and it's just phenomenally good for the money also had massive write-ups yeah five-star write-ups uh, it's produced by rebecca wilson the same winemaker out of langhorn creek and if you're looking for something uh mid-term cellaring for twenty dollars can't go past it it's still available and um it's 
again typical Langhorne Creek reds which are big dense rich chocolatey sort of similar to our Barossa styles that we talked about mm. very complex uh, very layered and just for the money phenomenal buy again fantastic so, um, <laughs> and my other hot tips are also Langhorne Creek and um, these guys I thought I'd talk about because I tried one of their wines last year and I uh, haven't stopped raving about it since and it was called the Kilibinbin Sand Trap 2004 Shiraz. There was about 34 cases made for the whole east coast of Australia and I ended up picking up some myself and have stored some away. I rated it just over the top, 98 out of 100, 99 <laughs> oh, out of 100. Wow. Uh, phenomenal wine, though I don't think many people got onto it, but if you can get onto the 2005, which I believe is just about to be released, you know, we'll be making some phone calls tomorrow, um, <laughs> get some because it is an absolute cracker. Killy Bin Bin Sandtrap. Yeah, Killy Bin Bin Sandtrap. It's rare as hen's teeth. You can't even find it on their website, uh, but that is my hot tip for all the listeners if you want something phenomenal it's about 38 to 40 dollars a bottle mm. so again about that same price as that old adam and i think it's every inch as good if not better and wow. Uh, wow. yeah that's my my super hot tip <laughs> and that's what i'll be buying um i thought also while we were here we would look at the other killy bin bins that are produced while whilst we were talking about second level labels um what do you mean by second level labels? well uh, where we've talked about bremerton old adam that's their their prime oh, okay. label yep, so yep, yep. this is their their 40 dollar that's their their big gun star label mm. uh and then they produce selkirk which is their second level label okay yep. um rated slightly lower slightly cheaper price but mm. still a fantastic drink and yes, yes. Uh, and this is similar with a lot of wineries do this and uh, uh, Kelly Bin Bin have done the same thing they've, they've bought out this limited release sand trap but they have these second release labels as well and uh, so this is what I call a second level or second okay. release label that's sort of generally available and um, we're looking at the 2004 vintages today so I think 2005 should be out fairly soon. And they've produced a Shiraz, a Straight Cap Sav, and a Shiraz Cabernet in the Reds, which are uh, all very interesting wines. They had uh, very good spring conditions, which we've seen generally within 2004. Uh, the vintage was a bit longer during the cool conditions through January. And they had a short but severe heat wave at the end of Feb, which uh, caused a bit of concern but everything survived and overall they produced some great fruit. Uh, the wines themselves are made by uh, one of these hot gun winemakers I was just been talking about which is Kim Toysner who took over uh, one of the vineyards in the Barossa but this is actually as I said Langhorne Creek and he's gone in with another famous name uh, which is Ralph Binder and together they've taken over the old Matala vineyard, which is a famous wine uh, throughout Australia, and they've produced Kili Bin Bins out of this Matala vineyard. And uh, again, just great drinking wines for the money. And uh, uh, the labels are sensational. They're all taken from 
1950s horror movies. <laughs> so they're the most unique label I've ever seen and we'll definitely be posting those on the site as well. And uh, yeah, if you want to try something, about $20 a bottle. Yeah. Um, as I said, Shiraz, Cab Sav and a Shiraz Cabernet and all. Fantastic Sounds drink. wonderful. Now moving on to some beers. Yes. Uh, I think you've got a couple of, uh, of uh, sensational beers you'd like to have a chat about. Yeah, today I've just brought one in. Um, Sorry, one beer. Yeah, yeah just yeah. one. I thought, well, well, just because it's a new release. But so the, the beer I brought in today, Richard, is um, Charlotte's Heffy Wizen. And this is from the Snowy Mountains mob again, yeah, uh, which yeah. we've featured before. They make great beers. This is Fantastic their, their beers, latest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, latest release. Um, it's a top fermented unfil unfiltered wheat beer. And they say it's got an appearance like a, uh, it's reminiscent of a high country whiteout because yeah, there's okay. so much into their scheme. <laughs> um, it's cloudy as well because being a heavy wise and, and wheat beer, you always get that cloudy mm. appearance through the beer. They use four malts basically to make it up. There's a wheat, pale, Munich, um, and they all combine to make Charlotte very full bodied and give fruity aromas. Uh, it's a mild mix of Willamette and Cascade hops in there and you get the tastes coming out of clove, bananas and they come from the specialty yeast wow. and uh, you find that the beer is very clean and crisp and mm -hmm. it's a, a very good drink. So uh, it's actually been named after Charlotte Adams who was a, a pioneering first uh, to climb Mount Kosciuszko in 1881. And uh, her spirit embodies the snowy mountains attitude of can do. So um, good to see them release a new beer. And uh, if you want to try something different, then yep. give the uh, new Heffy a go. Certainly will. Yeah. Well, Greg, it's uh, been lovely to um, come in today and uh, have a, a chat with you. As, as ever, your knowledge is magnificent and uh, we thank you for that thanks very much Richard and uh, we'll see you again next time yeah next time I think we're going to Shandon Winery next time I think we, we are yeah. yes <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to that alright <laughs> uh, okay and that's about it for today for those of you who'd like to see the pictures uh, of the, the wines that uh, Greg was talking about go to uh, the website um, if you uh, go to www.ozleisure.com.au forward slash grapevine you'll get all the information there so once again Greg thank you very much thanks again Richard we'll see you again soon Bye. well that's it for this episode uh, thanks go to Greg and everyone at Docs Liquor if you would like to contact Docs directly they have stores in Baldwin North and Ringwood North both in Victoria you can call them on 03 9859 or 0398799200 and please be sure to tell them that Greg sent you. Docs also have a blog with all of the latest news and information and you can find that at docslicker.bigblog.com.au Osledge Grapevine is published every month so if you like this podcast please be sure to subscribe to the feed through iTunes and others. Full details on how to do that as well as the topics covered in this episode, contact details, past episodes and notes on future episodes can be found at www.osleisure.com.au forward slash grapevine. If you have any comments on the show or suggestions for future shows, then please send us an email to grapevine at osleisure.com.au. We want to produce the content that you want to hear. Thanks for listening. This is Richard Maguire for osleisure.com.au your guide to Australian holiday and leisure activities. Until next time, 
次夜来一下。Maybe with some mates for a date sounds good. Now don't you think? Forget the world, don't worry about money. Let's be pleasure seekers, honey, and let's check the grapevine for advice. Oh yes, indeed, a frosty beverage might be what you really need. Will it be red or white? Which way to go? It all looks good tonight. Let's check the grapevine for advice. <laughs>